Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Jason off. He will be off today and tomorrow. I'm Dave Schrader filling in. Josh, we have a quick update from a story we talked about here yesterday. The car, that truck that had flipped over and Mm -hmm. was... uh, all but lost the guy that was living off rainwater in his truck in a what was it like a ditch area below a, a an embankment yes i believe it was in indiana yeah 27 year old indiana man rescued after 6 days trapped in his truck has had part of his leg amputated and is in intensive care a spokesman for welder matt rooms union boilermakers local 374 said his leg was amputated from the mid shin down on wednesday The day after he was rushed to a hospital via helicopter, NBC News reports Rian was found in his crushed pickup truck under I-94 Bridge the day after Christmas by two men scouting for fishing holes. He told the men he had survived on rainwater and had been unable to call for help because he was trapped with his phone just out of reach, CBS News reports. In a statement issued on Ram's behalf, South Bend Memorial Hospital said he wants to thank everybody for their support, including the Good Samaritans who found him, the first responders, and the caregivers, the AP reports. Ram was still in critical condition Wednesday with injuries including multiple broken bones. No matter how tough things get, there is light at the end of the tunnel, sometimes in the least expected way, he said in a statement. He said he would be ready to share details of his experience after he takes time to rest and heal and probably filter through all of the millions of dollars that are going to be offered to him to tell his story. And how soon before we see this guy selling his rain-only diet plan? Maybe. I mean, we'll see. (laughs) Pass it along along to yours truly, then we'll be able to fit into those uh, 2X shirts that we were talking about yesterday. Man, and I got two new... 2X uh, shirts yesterday that were sent to me by listeners um, and very kind people. And again, it's like I'm shoving a five pound ham in a three pound can. It's just not flattering. Yeah. I don't understand. I know the feeling. Yeah. We should just open up our own t shirt factory where we call it regular large size shirts. Uh, and I believe, then a little I, bit bigger is the extra large. I believe they cover uh, Target Field with it. That's about <laughs> the size I wear. So <laughs> You got the tarp size? Yeah. Well, it's usually for, what I order my clothes in. Yeah. That's the good kind to have if you're ever apparently flipped over in a truck in an Indiana dra- drain ditch it's because so now you can use that tarp to filter rainwater directly to your gullet and uh, it's save yourself. Crazy. Rainwater. Who'd have thought? No, not me. Reminds me of that weird story I want to say it happened almost like 10 years ago. There was that mother and daughter that went missing. They couldn't find them. And finally, somebody noticed there were skid marks off the side of a road that go down an embankment. Mm-hmm. They go, look, sure enough, there's her vehicle overturned in the in the water. And they call for res- first responders, rush there to, to get there. And the miracle of it is, is they've been gone for a little over 24 hours, maybe even 36 hours. And as the... Medics and uh, EMTs are approaching. They can hear the mother calling out for help. And they're like, we're coming. We're working our way. And they've Mm -hmm. got their chest cams on. It's so cool. They're getting down there. She goes, you got to save my baby. Help my baby. The baby's in the backseat kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah. 
they go, they're like, ma'am, we're going to get, they pry it open. The water is lifting in the back and it's, the baby has been suspended upside down, mm-hmm. is still alive and doing well, suspended upside down in the back seat for 30 some hours. And the water has not yet gotten to her, but it is rising. Yeah. They get the baby out of the car. They go to the driver's side, pull it open, realize the mother's been submerged for well many hours. Not to mention the uh, the blood flow of the baby is kind of – it's, it's an right, interesting missing, scientific thing, though. You're, you're missing the more important line is the mother was gone oh, yeah, and had yeah. been for hours, yeah. but they have it on recording. They could hear her voice calling out for help to save her baby. Mm, yeah. Dude, that's bonkers, yeah, but talk yeah. about miracles. This guy flips over six days living off rainwater with the damage so substantial to his leg he needed it amputated. It must have been crushed and just holding it right yeah. to save him from bleeding out. Or mm-hmm. Oh, man, unbelievable. Enough pressure stories. on it. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll help you. Adrian Washington, a local comedian and friend of mine, is in studio. you got a big thing coming up on New Year's Eve. What's going on, Adrian? Yeah, I'll be uh... – Oh, let's hit that microphone. I'm sorry. New guys, you know, there we go. rookies. Yeah, what's going on on New Year's <laughs> that, that Eve? That works. There we go. <laughs> I was like, I don't hear myself. I heard you really well. Yeah. I didn't see him over there. That's the way I, I prefer it, Adrian. Now. Yeah. Um, I'll be filming my first comedy special. Congratulations, um, man. Yeah, That's exciting. I'm super excited about it. I did an album, um, I think, 2020, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And thank God that really helped because then when the pandemic hit and I couldn't work, I was just selling my album independently. So... But um, I'm super excited about this. I've never filmed one, and I've gotten to see one done at a pretty high level. So it's fresh in my mind, and I was like, you know what? I think it might be time to do it. Now, when you, if you don't mind, we could roll back for a second. You released your own album. Yeah. 2020 pandemic hits. People are starving for entertainment. They're, you know, yeah. trying to get back out into the real world and have some fun. Uh, record business, uh, recording business is all kind of wonky at that time. Are you finding that by recording and releasing on your own, it's making better money and better business for you than trying to go through a, a distributor, a normal? I think a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think a hundred percent. Yeah, man. Because even with the streams, you know what you got to stream to make money. You got to, I, 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 and right? I was so excited cause I was going to put it on all the platforms. But I was like, literally, that'd be me just giving it away. Right. And I was my first one. I was like, you know what? I'm like, everything I've done, I've sold it on my own. And I have a support system. I have fans that want it. And I just and it gave me something to do. So during the pandemic, I just put it in your mailbox. You know what I mean? They cash at me. They could Venmo me or whatever. They hit me up on social media. It was like, hey, I want to get an album. And I was just making deliveries on the days I couldn't do nothing else. So it was just digital delivery? Is that yep. is that how it was brought up? I could do digital or and I had a physical CD also. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it, like I said, it gave me something to do. And I sold it for, I don't know, probably a good two years. You know, I'm friends with some musicians from some major bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not going to name drop, which is unlike me, I know. But uh, I was talking to them and I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, man, these guys are asking so much money for, for tickets to their concerts now. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, why have tickets gone up so high? And he said, because record sales are nothing anymore. With the advent of streaming yeah. and everything that's out there, you, you it was, and who was it? There's a, was it Snoop Dogg that was saying, hey, I had like 22 million uh, listens no. to this song and I made 15 he bucks? Had, he had a billion streams and he said it was like $45,000. Yeah, for a billion for streams. a billion streams. That's you know crazy. I mean? And I remember looking into, again, I, 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 my first thought was gone, I was going to put it on. All these streaming platforms, and I think I looked up Spotify. 
mm-hmm. Spotify would have had to get like, I think 2,500 streams would have got me like 10 bucks maybe. But I was like, I can just sell it myself. You'd be better off standing on a corner telling jokes with an upturned hat <laughs> at that point. You'd be better off just standing on a corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Musicians, you know I mean? comedians, a lot of the entertainers now have to do this because the albums that they used to release, and I asked uh, producer Josh to play some uh, classic rock for me today simply because it's such a bummer that – so many of these amazing classic rockers are still putting out really good, viable music. The Rolling mm-hmm. Stones just released probably one of their best albums in 30 years. Seriously. Nobody's listening to it because nobody plays it. They have classic rock stations, but you don't play the new songs just, from the classic uh, rock, so they have no place to be heard. There's no, So they have to tour. That's why I think you're seeing guys out there at 70 and 80 years old still yeah. rocking. A, they can do it, so God bless them. But right. also... To remain relevant and have people hear the new music that they're passionate about, they have to go on the road. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like that road uh, to 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 have a fan base locked in, mm-hmm. and to, even again with the pandemic, I remember uh, I had never been one to travel a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. Central Minnesota was my area. You know what I mean? Um, I've been doing shows forever in St. Cloud. So when uh, the pandemic hit and we couldn't do nothing, I know a lot of guys who did cruises, who did clubs, like they couldn't work for years. Me, by staying at home and having a fan base at home, June 1st, when they said we could be on a patio at 50%, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, I did three sold-out shows. Yeah, people were starving for entertainment just to get back out into the real world. Yeah, just to be around other people. We have to take a quick break. Dave Schrader filling in for Jason DeRush, Adrian Washington, my special guest in studio. You're tuned in to News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. This is Drive Time with DeRusha sitting in for Jason DeRusha. I'm Dave Schrader, Adrian Washington, comedian par excellence in studio with me. He's got an, an exciting live show that's going to be taking place this New Year's Eve while he's filming his first ever special. Tickets still available for that, Adrian? Yes, tickets are still available. You can get tickets from my website. It's funnymanadrian.com. Funnymanadrian.com. Yep, all one word. F-U-N-N-Y-M-A-N-A-D-R-I-A-N.com. And they come out, get to watch the show, be a part of it. And yes, then- yes. We're filming. I think we're doing five different camera angles. Um, it's a beautiful venue. It's called the Park Event Center up in St. Cloud. And uh, we're actually throwing a party afterwards, and there's free pizza and a champagne toast afterwards. Nice. Yeah, it's just, you know, after a while, man, uh, you try to go somewhere where people feel safe and yeah. people don't mind. There's two major hotels connected to the venue. There's a Hilton and there's a Marriott. So in case people want to just come and actually stay, then that's an option. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because even Uber, I know Uber gets a little tough Um after midnight on New Year's Eve, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I <Gee>, wonder why. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's got to be tough. Uh, well, that's awesome. So now when you film a special like this, then is it once you've got it, you, you fix it up, edit it, get it ready, for then then is it the progress of taking it to uh, Netflix or Amazon yep. or Comedy Central to try to sell? Try to sell it, yes. And that's got to be a daunting task or is it a lot easier now that because you've taken the reins, you've filmed it, you've put all the effort and work into it. They just have to buy it and put it on. Right. I think, and and for me, I have a team, I have a great team of guys. Uh, Chop Shop Pro is going to be filming it for me. 
And I got a great team of guys who kind of handle that part for me. Mm-hmm. For me, it's I know it's going to be a great thing because there's so many people that just sit around and just wait for stuff to happen. You know what I mean? And it's just like if no, my mindset was like if nobody will give me a special, I'll give them one. You know what I mean? Right. So I'll finance it myself and do it all myself with my team. And we have a great it's a, again, it's a beautiful venue. Tickets are selling really good. So it's a great setup. And I was just blessed with um I also tour with Donnell Rawlins who plays who played Ashley Larry on the Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. So um I got to be a part of his Netflix special that Chappelle produced um just like a month ago in New York. So I got to see all these cameras and all this work that goes into it. And so it was fresh in my mind. And then I remember coming home and telling my wife, I was like, I think I'm going to do a special. You know what I mean? I said, I've been waiting for the right time. And I was like, all the stuff that's been happening, I've been touring with him for about a little more than a year, year and a half maybe. And I've just been working. I've never really had the option to work out a road set because a lot of the same people come to see me. So I always improv a lot. I've always just had to rewrite, rewrite, rewrite new stuff, you know what I mean? Or just come up with new stuff. I, writing is a hard thing for me to do. But now I feel like I got to write because my memory's not as good. And I I just talk too much. <laughs> I get to shows, I'm just like, yeah, hey, I'm going I'm to come up with this one. And then I get there, I see people I know, I start talking, and you know what I mean? And you just go into a different mode. Do you think it's going to be different knowing there's five cameras trained on you from all these different angles and it's not just this kind of freewheeling? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Not that I'm trying to plant that no. seed. <laughs> you're 100% right, though, uh, a little bit, because even when we were doing Dunnell's special, you know, they had, like, a taped X on this, like, make sure when you leave the stage you put the mic back here and stay in this area right here. Don't go moving. You know what I mean? So right. it's, like, stuff like that. Where you're just like, okay, it it takes away because I usually just pace like crazy. My wife, I'm always like, why can't you get, like, what picture is this? She's like, you know how much you move on stage? <laughs> <laughs> like your hand's always doing something. You're always doing something. You never stand still. So, but again, having the five angles, and I think we're going to have a nice wide angle, it'll still work out for the best. So That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And I have been trying to figure out uh, – what to call it. And that was another inspiration for me. I lost my mom a few months ago in August. And uh, I had always been wondering, like, if I had a special, what would I call it? And then after the passing of my mom, I was just, my mom's name was Bertha. So I'm going to call the special Bertha's boy. That's awesome. Yeah. So keep her name going. Right. Keep a tip of the hat to mom. Yeah. 100%. Knowing she's a part of the, the program with you. Do you, um, opening up for major comedians mm-hmm. that have a national or international appeal, is that a daunting task? I, I You know, I, I've seen and I've been to rock shows where they bring in some local band. Uh-huh. And I always feel bad for the local band or the local guy because let's just get to Darnell. Let's just get yeah. to Chappelle. Let's just get to. And, and you know, as a funny, perfect example, when the Monkees first broke. Right. <laughs> do you know who they had open for them for a while? Jimi Hendrix. Oh, my God. Jim, the what? legend, Jimi Hendrix. And this wow. guy performed, I think, six shows before he flipped off the audience and walked off stage because <laughs> here he is up there being Jimi yeah, Hendrix, yeah. and everybody's yelling, we want the monkeys. <laughs> we love Davey. You know what? It, I think it depends. For me, I love it. Really? I love it because mm-hmm. there's no pressure. There's no pressure. I'm not advertised. I'm, and I'm used to doing an hour on stage. When I'm with Donnell, I do like 20 minutes. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you fly out there, you get to stay in these nice hotels, you get to eat this wonderful food, food's free, drinks free. You know what I mean? So it's like it's no pressure. Versus when I am the guy at the show, everybody knows that's who they're coming to see. Right. You know what I mean? I can see that. That Everybody knows that's who they're coming to see. So that's almost pressure because it's like these people are like, oh, I saw you at this last show and I saw you at the last show and I'm going to come to every show I can. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, all right. So then you start trying to figure out like how much of the same material do I do because this group came, you know what I mean? But But it's funny, right? For comedians, you guys kind of have a pocket of, of jokes that become like the greatest hit standards, right? Like yes. the Stones have got to do Start Me Up and yeah. Jump a Jack Flash. Do you know at the end of it, you've got to throw in a couple of your classic jokes because people love that bit? Right. Because there's been people, and I'm bad about that because I, as a fan of comedy, I used to, I'd go see a lot of comedy. I got to see like the Kings of Comedy when they came to the Target Center in like 99. Oh. You know, I got to see Bernie Mac like three times before he died. I got to see, as such an entertainer, I've seen, you know, I've, open with Eddie Griffin. I did Target Center last year with Mike Epps. You know what I mean? And I have I just never wanted to be a guy who was known for saying the same thing. Because, and I think, too, that's why a lot of comics don't make specials. Because in theory, when you make a special, once that material is out there on the special, you, you're not supposed to be using it anymore. But I didn't know that. Yeah. Unspoken it, kind of rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that but makes the, sense. Because that's the thing. Why would somebody pay for what they already know, you know what I mean? Right. Or right. why would you have have somebody see what they already saw? Well, it, and it, like with the, the blue-collar comedy tour, they at least had something they could lean into at the end where they could revisit the here's your sign bit yeah. from Bill or the you might be a redneck if. Right. And he could write all new jokes and have a whole new prattle going yep. on for that. But it's still a, a recognizable comfort food right. comedy right. for them to do. We have to take a, a quick break. We'll come back. Adrian Washington in studio with us today. Filling in for Jason Derusha. I'm Dave Schrader. We've got more news to cover, more things to discuss, and we'd like you to be a part of the show with us. So if you have questions, thoughts, ideas, and you'd like to be a part of it, make sure to call into the talk and text line. We'll be back with more right here on News Talk 830 W. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. TCL. Please allow me to introduce myself. Sitting in for Jason DeRussia, I'm Dave Schrader. Adrian Washington in studio with me today. Comedian. He'll be live on New Year's Eve doing his uh, first ever uh, filming for a comedy special, which is exciting. Tickets are still available at funnymanadrian.com. Touring around, getting a chance to, uh, you know, be throughout the state of Minnesota. Do you ever forget that people know who you, who you are? <laughs> like, are you ever somewhere and they start kind of giving you the eye and then you're like, what's your problem? Yeah, what you- uh, kind of. It's weird for me because, like, now it's almost like everybody has the same kind of face. Uh-huh. Like, they give you this face like... They know they know me, but I don't know them. So right. it's kind of I picked up on that a little bit, and I'm I'm just talkative anyways. So I, I kind of figured that's where they know me from. See, I've had to be careful. I forget. So I, like my license plate gives away my life, <laughs> and uh, I've got decals on the side of my car for my show, and 
I've been on TV and I, yeah. you know, I'll be at a stoplight and I'll be talking to my daughter or something. I'll turn and look and there's somebody in the car next to me staring up at me just kind of with this shocked <laughs> look. And I'm like, what is this jerk's problem? And my daughter's like, hey, settle down. Remember who you right. are. You're on TV. You're on radio. People are going to recognize you. And I always feel bad. I'm like, I have to catch myself. Yeah. I am, though. A lot of entertainers I've spoken to have the same issue I do. I'm an introvert. In an extrovert world, I do an extrovert position and job, yeah, but I'm, I'm painfully shy in person. Okay, and then like if I'm out and you came walking up to me and I didn't know you, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, Dave, I love you on TV." Da da da. I'm like looking at the floor, digging. <laughs> See, at the I'm f- the opposite, so oh, that's why it doesn't bother me a whole lot because I always tell my, my wife laughs at me all the time. She's like, "I've never met somebody who doesn't." even know a person and all of a sudden that just becomes like a lifelong friend. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, it works for me, you know, traveling a lot, uh, sitting in the airports. It's like, you find somebody to talk to before you, you know how many people I've talked to on a plane that's like, come to see me that night at a show. And we just talked on the plane. See, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm so painfully shy. I have such a hard time with it. My wife's the same bad. way. Like if I, like if I get off stage doing a, a conference yeah. and I've done a talk and people want to take pictures or say hi, I'm fine. I'm like in Dave mode, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then when I'm, you know, when I'm out at Walmart and I was <laughs> oh, so funny just before Christmas, I'm at Walmart with my son, Max. Right. And we're just looking for a couple of quick last minute gift items. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I've got a Viking sweatshirt on. I don't realize I've got this big dollop of mustard strolling down that. And I haven't shaved. And it's just, I've just been just letting it go for a couple of days just to, you know, relax. Right. And I'm standing there and this really classy couple, they've got a basket or they're, you know, she's dressed to the nines. He's all in a suit coat uh-huh. and looking sharp. And they, they just start giving me this look, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in Walmart. What do you expect? Come on, give me a little break. Right. And he, uh, the lady goes, you're on TV. And I just kind of freeze like a deer in the headlights, and I'm like, uh, no, I don't think so. And she goes, no, you're on TV. And I, whenever somebody says that, yeah. nine times out of ten, they think I'm Rick from Pawn Stars. <laughs> so I go, I'm not Rick from Ponce. Oh, she goes, no, that's not it. I know. You. And then she, you know, mentioned the TV show. Right. And we start talking. But I, it's like, I'm, when what, you it's tell people you're not Rick, are they disappointed? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> my dad saw it all the time. We go to Vegas every year for Super Bowl. Oh, man. And I'd be walking around, and my dad, the one year I was stupid enough, I'm wearing a black polo, which Rick always wears <laughs> always on the wears, show. Yeah. And he takes me down by the Gold and Silver shop. Yeah. And he doesn't tell you. He goes, come on, I'm going to go for a drive. I want to go for a walk because my dad loves to walk, right? And that's why he's 78 and looks like he's 56, right? <laughs> he looks younger than me. We, uh, we go out there, and we start walking by, and I see this huge line of people outside this building. And I go, oh, what's going on over here? He goes, I don't know. Let's go find out. Oh, my God. As I start walking up the line, people are tapping each other and pointing at me. And I'm like, oh, they know who I am. This is awesome. <laughs> and my dad goes, no, dummy. They think you're Rick from Pawn Stars. And I look up, and it's the gold and silver shop. Right. Son of a. And they're all like, oh, snapping pictures. And I'm like, oh, you poor guy. You're going to be so idiots. disappointed. Yeah, right. this is going to be. However, though, I've posed in, when I'm walking around in Vegas. Yeah. People come up there. I don't want to bother you. We love the show all the time. Can I get a picture? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'll sit there and pose for yeah. pictures for people. And Have you like, ever gotten anything free out of it? Uh, no, because I don't. You know what? I always feel really weird about that. I just uh, I can't do that. You got to do it as a joke. Because no. Oh. Then just pay for it at the end. But just. <laughs> don't you know who I think I am? Right. I'm Rick from Pawn Stars. Just so that he's got like a bad a bad name in town. Uh, yeah, I'd, I've never done that. But I'll pose uh, for pictures. Right. I was actually, I was at a, uh, the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. And I was standing there next to my friend Jeff Belanger, and we're just talking, and and this couple walks in, and they just start giving us this look. And I'm like, what's going on? And they finally come over. They're like, hey, 
we love your show. And the two of us just kind of look at each other, and they go, we've never missed an episode of Ghost Hunters. And they thought we were the guys from the TV show Ghost Hunters because the main guy's bald and the other right. guy's thin with dark, with brown hair. So without missing a beat, I reach forward. I go, yeah, Jason Hawes, nice to meet you. And he goes, hi, I'm Grant Wilson. And they go, can we get a picture? We're like, yes, you can. They go, our friends are going to be so jealous. I go, so yeah, jealous. Right? So they took all these pictures with us, and then they, they oh left. And I'm gosh, like, please dude. tag us on social media. We're under Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson. Please tag us so that it would be on there. And sure enough, we go scroll later on, and they're like, oh, we met. And all their friends are like, you idiot. Those are just a bald guy and a guy. <laughs> with dark hair standing together in what's known to be a famous haunted spot. Right. That doesn't mean it's them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's I, that's good stuff. Yeah. I love uh, I love those moments of brevity when you just – people have no clue. But I didn't want to break their hearts. Right. It's like a lot of these right. celebrities that will stand there politely. And I was listening uh, to Adam in the last segment talking about remembering people's names yeah. and how people will flop names sometimes. Yeah. How many celebrities get mistaken for other celebrities and they'll just sign the autograph oh, yeah, as that 100%. celebrity and, and go with it. And that's what I mean too. Like even, uh, you know, there's a, when, when I'm with Donnell, if, if he's still in the car yet, we mm-hmm. go somewhere and there's a line. I'm like, Hey, uh, I got somebody with me. <laughs> he'll be, he'll be coming up, but uh, I don't think we're going to stand in this line. Yeah. I remember we were somewhere in Milwaukee. I think it was Milwaukee. And they had the speakeasy. And we always ask the staff from the clubs, like, where to go. So they're like, oh, you guys got to go down there. It's really cool. You got to have the password. We'll give you guys the password and everything. So they gave me the password. We pull up to the alley, and we're in this black SUV and everything. And I'm getting ready to walk up to the guy, and I'm trying to tell him the password. And I got, and Dunnell gets out of the car, and the dude's like a super fan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He just stopped talking to me, stopped looking at me, everything. I was like, so you don't need the password now? <laughs> He's like, no. He told Donnell he's seen him in D.C. years ago somewhere, and I was just like, you know how long I've been trying to remember this password? That's funny. And I just I didn't even need it, but thank goodness. I went to, when I was in New York, I went to a club, and my friend uh, was with me, and he goes, dude, we're not going to get in. And I go, why not? And he goes, you got to know the password. I go, no, you got to have the swagger, son. Just right. put your head up, right. sh- slip your shoulders back, and look like you belong. Look like you belong. And he goes, you don't look like you belong anywhere. <laughs> and I, I go, what are you talking about? I go, so we go walking up and uh, the guy goes, uh, yeah, how can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm part of the list, uh, Cardiff Giant. And the guy looks at me and winks and he goes, okay, Favreau. And he lets us in because I use the line from uh, yeah. Swingers, right? Just, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're Cardiff Giant, Cardiff Giant. And the guy's like, all that's right, on, go uh, on in. That's on Made, right? Oh, Made. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, Made. Not yeah. Swingers. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think a lot of times it's that uh, just having the confidence. I don't think my dad has ever paid to go to the State Fair or the big really? car show. What he does is he's Columbo. <laughs> my dad's all rankled. And he goes walking in and he just kind of looks like he belongs there. Yeah. And he's always looking up at like trees and stuff as he walks past the ticket takers. And because he just looks like. You know, right. nobody bothers him. I'm, I'm standing there paying, and he's just walking right in. I go, did you get a ticket? He goes, for what? And I go, because you're supposed to pay. He goes, if they ask me to pay, I'll pay. I just walked in. Right. And I'm like, all right. That's can't, hilarious. Can't beat that. There's a lot of truth to that, too. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. I remember we was at this VIP party, and they tried to put me in, like, the back section, me and some of my friends. And we were there. It was a big comedy ball. And uh, I was like, but – Half of our squad is like down there on the floor, and I was like, "Then they want us to be up here because I don't have the right color wristband." So I just took my wristband off, and one of my buddies was like, "He's like, hey," he said the same thing. He's like, "Let's just go up there, like we know what's happening," yeah. and we just walk right back by the bouncer, and was just like, "Excuse me," 
And we said excuse me to him like we had been in that section already, mm-hmm. and it worked all night. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it is the swagger. It is, right? Yeah. Even though yeah. I'm a, a overweight, middle-aged <laughs> white man, I can walk in some places and they don't, they think I'm Rick from Pawn Stars. Right. I'm kidding myself. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got more right here on Drive Time with DeRussia. I'm Dave Schrader. That's Adrian Washington. And you're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Dave Schrader in for Jason DeRussia. Adrian Washington live in studio with me today. An amazing local comedian. If you haven't had a chance to see him, check out his website, funnymanadrian.com, for updates on him, where you can see him. And if you're on New Year's Eve looking for some cool plans, you got to head up to St. Cloud. You can see him as he films his first ever comedy special. And again, information's at funnymanadrian.com. When you travel to all these different clubs, do you ever come in with some new material and then you listen and somebody that goes on before you does a joke very similar to the one that you thought you just came up with? Um, it happens here and there. That's why these days a lot of comics are bringing their own team. Okay. Because you kind of know that person's material. They know yours. So you don't have to step on, you know what I mean? But even like with me and Donnell, we've had similar stuff. Like if the green room's far enough away where he can't hear me, he doesn't know the set I did because I do change it up from time to time. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes he'll just go in his bag of tricks and he'll pull out a joke and I'm just like, oh, he definitely didn't hear the one I said. Like it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's <laughs> right. almost too close to the same thing. So that's why a lot of comics are, some comics are bringing their own host and their own feature, you know, so. That way you have a good feel for what's yeah. going on. You're not running into that. Because right now, I mean, there was so much in the news with theft and and they were going after everybody. Yeah, man. Uh, so it wasn't like just one race, creed, or color was taking the heat yep. for this. It was everybody. If you were even on the line of possibly yeah. uh, being a, a comedic theft. But to me, that's got to be hard because there are only so many topics and only right. so many ways to look at them. And it's the way you deliver. Try, trust me, man. Story. There's been, I've been with comics and I've heard him say a joke and I was like, I got Almost that exact same joke. I just didn't say it tonight. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just like, he's like, well, are you from a big family? Yep. Oh, did you have to share this? Yep. And this, you know what I mean? Right. And that's the crazy part about it because everything's been said. Yeah. Everything's been said. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, the. that's why when you see people put material out, Mm -hmm. most of it is crowd work. Right. Nobody's going to steal your crowd work. You know what I mean? When you put material out, even that's why I, I, I'm kind of back and I, I love watching comedy, but I'm starting to back off of watching comedy for the simple fact of you're like, okay, if I got a joke similar to that and I hear this guy just did his on Netflix, mm-hmm. do I not do my joke now? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just kind of, you got to go with the, you know, if you know you came up with that joke authentically, right? then it's yours. But there's so many times you hear a joke, you're like, oh, I can kind of do that joke, but I'm going to do it like this. Mm-hmm. You're still kind of taking part of that person's joke. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, for me, a lot of mine is my family and, and, and my dog and my, you know, my friends. Right. Like, I got some friends that do some crazy stuff, and, and I keep them around, I think, for that reason. <laughs> Because it's great material for me. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting, too. When you watch, like, uh, I, I love, I, I can't call myself a student of comedy, but I love comedy. I've watched mm-hmm. everything going back to the Marx Brothers and, and Chaplin to, you know, true stand-up comedic okay. geniuses, right? And you watch them and you notice that, you know, 
you'll see like on the old Ed Sullivan show, you'll see a comedian come out and start riffing on airlines, right? Mm-hmm. And then six months later, every comedian's doing an airline set. Yeah. And they're all different jokes, but it's like we have now beat that genre into the ground. Yeah. And how are we going to – and to some comedians, I guess, there's got to be a challenge. It's got to be kind of exciting of how can I take this – that's been done so many times mm-hmm. and make it refreshed and make it Adrian Washington. Right. It's weird. Again, I, I don't write a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. I just kind of, I go with what the crowd gives me. I'm almost writing my set as I'm on stage. You know, I've, uh, I've gotten some really good jokes mm-hmm. that works. I know no matter where I'm at. So right. when, when, when it's getting tight and I'm like, all right, I got to pull out my bag of tricks I got these ones, but for the most part, I kind of write my set as I'm doing it. And like that's why I think people tell me they're like, you laugh at yourself a lot. I'm like, because this is new to me, too. Right. You know what I mean? So, sure. And it shows that you're having a great time. That's what I love. When people are like, oh, God, he's so arrogant. He's laughing at himself. I'm like, he's having fun. Right. right. And, and sometimes, you know. Sometimes you have to do it to get the audience yeah. to realize this is okay to laugh at. This yeah. is an okay moment or having that. And I've watched when I've, I've you know, sometimes I'll do a talk for 100 people. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm doing a talk for 5,000. And I notice that if during my talk, if I know I'm coming to a bit that I want to come off more funny, yeah. is I'll start smiling and laughing and nodding yeah. as I start doing it. And then when I zing it, the crowd goes with me, yep. right? 100%. Whereas if I don't and I just kind of hit them out of the blind, I'll get that awkward laugh. Yeah. But instead, it's like I'm starting to telegraph where yep. I'm going with this. And I see it, man. I've seen comics get up there and just be monotone, and they just – and I'm just like, you got good material, but you're not selling it. you know. And I, and I think my wife was the one – for me, for one, you'll never see me on stage and wish I was anywhere else. You That's know what I mean? Great. Like, yeah. and no matter what size the crowd is, no matter what. Like, that's, we was talking earlier off air. If I can get one table to laugh with me, guess what? This is for us. You know what I mean? And I remember my wife telling me, she's like, I love when you laugh before you say something. She's like, because I know in your head you've already heard it. So she's like, I can't wait to hear what it is because if you're already laughing, you hadn't said it yet. It's like she knows it's going to be good. That's I was telling you off air. The one thing on my my checklist was I wanted to try stand-up comedy. But I don't. Being an introvert, (laughs) I'm terrified of the concept of going up. Now, I can go up and do presentations, and I try to make my presentations entertaining and funny. I can't, I can't stand somebody. We just playing a game the other day for Christmas and they're like, what makes you nervous? I was like, you know what honestly makes me nervous? Cause I'm also ordained. I okay. said, you know what part of, I, I, I hate reading out loud or having to prepare something mm-hmm. like that makes me so nervous. I remember I was doing, I, I was uh, announcing for like this uh, golden gloves thing. And I, it was so many Hispanic names, bro. Like, <laughs> I was like, I know I'm not saying this right. That's why I stayed away from sports <laughs> broadcasting because I can't. There was no way I was going to tackle the names on the field. Right? No way. <laughs> they bring me the list, and I'm just like, are you, like, is this a joke? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I say the name, and I see the fighter look over at me like, what? Oh, that's what you got out of that? JoJo Mbigwe Quackenmeyer coming up next. What? <laughs> right. Have you never heard my name before? Yeah, that's uh, that's funny, right? Leaning into these uh, these situations where you you see that audiences come to have the fun, yeah. they they want to engage in something outside their mind. And I know we don't have much time to explore. So we'll carry over in the next segment, and we'll talk some news. I want to have you kind of sit in and weigh in on that with me. But um, do you find are are people still coming to the shows 
with kind of a weird attitude. Because I don't get that. You know, it's one thing if you go to a concert of a band you don't like, mm-hmm. but you're supporting somebody. But don't go to a comedy show in a bad mood. And it sure seems like there's a lot of people, and they're always the jerks sitting up front. Right. That have their arms folded, scowls on their faces, and think they're funnier than the comedian. They're zinging stupid lines. They're trying to stay on top of them. we got to take a break. We'll come back and we'll discuss that more okay. with Adrian Washington. Check out his website, Funny Man Adrian. And if you have nothing going on on New Year's Eve and you want to be entertained and watch this man do his first filmed comedy special, you'll find information on the site there. I'm Dave Schrader filling in for Jason DeRussia. This is Drive Time with DeRussia on News Talk 830 WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 